Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Christmas is coming. Uh, Christmas stockings and lights and bows and ornaments and family pictures and those, uh, those ornaments that are passed down from generation to generation. And now, unexpected snow. Um, I hope you're safe and warm at home today. And we're talking about some of the lessons that we learned last week that Christmas can kind of slip up on you when you're not uh, paying any attention. We get caught up in the hustle and bustle of regular life and then all of a sudden Christmas shows up and it can be overwhelming at moments and uh, just no warning. And we talked about how uh, Mary and Joseph dealt with that. They were kind of minding their own business, just going through life, getting ready for a wedding. And all of a sudden an angel appears and says, Mary, you're going to have a baby. And so the account teaches us lessons about how to navigate these uh, seasons of sudden change where there's just this inflow of uh, just everything changing in one moment. And so their head is kind of spinning and they're trying to figure it out. And we talked about that. But what I've also discovered is there's maybe only one more season in life that can be even more um, difficult to navigate than a season of sudden change. And that is a season with very little change, where there seems to be nothing changing. Um, <clears throat> we grow tired of routine. Uh, we get tired of being stuck in a rut. A rut is, has been defined as a grave with the, the, the ends knocked out because we like to see some things change. We don't want a lot of change, but we want to see things change uh, occasionally. But when we get stuck in a, a rut, it kind of messes us up. We clock in, we clock out, we work, we eat, we sleep, we sports, uh, then we just do it all over again. And it becomes this rut over and over and over again. And it begins to mess with us. We want to see change. So what do you do when you're in this season where, especially a prolonged season, where there seems to be absolutely no change? We, we, we want a deter a lot of times. And instead, it seems like a lot of times all we get is delay. You'd think we'd be better at waiting. Uh, I discovered some information. <clears throat> There's a report from a few years ago that said, on average, we spend six months of our life sitting at a stoplight. 
We spend approximately six months of our lives waiting in line for things. We spend 13 hours every year waiting on hold for customer service. Anybody been on one of those calls lately? And then 38 hours every year uh, waiting, at a, uh, waiting in traffic. And so we ought to be better at waiting, but we're not. Um, and we like some change, just not too much. And that's why it's interesting, interesting to me that as a part of the Christmas story, you have both dynamics. You have Mary and Joseph who are confronted with all of this drastic and mind-boggling change. But you also, in the same account, you have people uh, who are in this prolonged season of waiting for change. There seems to be nothing happening over a long period of time. Uh, if you have your Bibles in the message, it reads like this. It's Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 21, down through verse 24. When the, uh, when the eighth day arrived, the day of circumcision, the child was named Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived. Then when the days stipulated by Moses for purification were complete, they took him up to Jerusalem to offer him to God as commanded in God's law. Every male who opens the womb shall be a holy offering to God and also to sacrifice the pair of doves or two young pigeons prescribed in God's law. And then down in verse 36, this is where we catch one of these characters uh, in the account that is dealing with no change. In verse 36, it says this, Anna, the prophetess, was, was also there, a daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher. She was by now a very old woman. She had been married seven years and a widow for 84. She never left the temple area, worshiping night and day with her fastings and prayers. At the very time Simeon was praying, she showed up, broke into an anthem of praise to God, and talked about the child to all who were waiting expectantly for the freeing of Jerusalem. I think if anybody uh, in this entire account uh, should have been exhausted or fed up with uh, waiting uh, this during a prolonged season of no change, it should have been Anna. The account is interesting to me. I want you to notice what the text says about her. It says uh, that she had been a, a widow. Uh, she'd been married seven years and then a widow for 84. Some versions say she, uh, uh, it reads a little differently and it makes you think maybe uh, she was even older than that. In fact, the custom of the day was for young girls to get married at 14. So if you do the math, uh, depending on which version you read, if she had gotten married when she was 14, she had been uh, married for seven years when her husband passed away, so she was 21. And then in the version I read, it said she'd been an, uh, a widow for 84. So you can do that math. She was nearing the age of, if that's the version you go by, 105 years old um, and 84 years of being a widow. And it says that during that period of being a widow, um, that she spends all of her time in the temple, day and night. So here's this lady who has experienced sudden change. She's married, enjoying life seven years, and then she's widowed. And then for the next 84 years, she goes through the same routine every day. Scripture says she goes uh, to fast and pray in the temple every day. She never leaves, day or night. Kind of reminds me, those of us that got to go to Israel, uh, we toured some tunnels they're digging near the Temple Mount, trying to get as close to the Holy of Holies 
Uh, the Muslims controlled the Temple Mount, the top of it, so the Israelis are digging at the bottom near the Wailing Wall. And when you go through those tunnels, there are these older Jewish ladies at all hours of the day that are there with their face up against the wall praying and talking to God and expecting God to do a miracle. And they spend all their time there. It's the perfect picture of what Anna is doing. Uh, her season of no change teaches us some valuable lessons uh, that we must learn to navigate seasons of a life where there doesn't seem to be any perceived change. Uh, the first one is this, is that the willingness to, tr to wait is a revelation of our trust. Uh, the lack of progress and the unfulfilled promises, the passing months, uh, time was ticking. Um, and yet the only thing that, I, you know, I've discovered the only thing that may cause more panic than a lot of change is a season where there's no change, where you're expecting things to be different, and yet it seems like it's the same every day. Nothing seems to be changing. You're praying, you're asking God to bring a change, you're believing for a change, and yet it doesn't seem like anything is changing. Uh, when we don't see change, we get antsy. We become anxious, and if we're not careful, much like Abraham and Sarah did, in those prolonged seasons of no change, we make decisions that end up hurting us. In fact, we get ourselves in trouble because uh, by taking matters into our own hands sometimes, what happens is it's almost like we're saying, God, we don't need your hands. And so we get ourselves in trouble. Uh, if we're unwilling to wait, then we're unwilling to trust. And literally, when we, when we do that, uh, we get get ourselves in trouble. It's interesting to me that in church services we'll sing songs like, uh, I will wait on you. But I think a lot of times what we mean to God when we're singing those things is, I will wait on you to the end of service. And if you don't move by the end of service, and if you don't bring the change I need by the end of service, then when I leave this place, I am going to take matters into my own hands. And I think we show an unwillingness to trust when we don't learn to wait. Our tendency to jump the gun literally declares that our calendar, our calendar, is more of a God than our God. We expect God to bow down to our timetable. Anna waits. 84 years she waits. Day after day, week after week, month after year, month after month, year after year, and decade after decade, she continues to wait. She trusts God's promise, but she also trusts God's timing. How many of us trust God for the promises he's made to us, but then we forfeit the fulfillment of that promise simply because we have not come to this place where we trust him enough to wait for his timing rather than our timing. I think, I think the, uh, the thing we need to learn um, is that waiting isn't wasting. I think a lot of times we think that while we're waiting, we're just wasting time. But it depends. Waiting is only wasting if we don't wait correctly. Uh, much of the waiting that occupies our time is, is waiting for things like this. We wait for love and marriage and we're not sure that's going to happen. We, we, we wait for children without knowing if we'll conceive. We wait for justice. We wait for healing. And because those are open-ended uh, things, then a lot of times we, get, we, we feel like we're wasting our time by waiting. But Anna teaches us that if we wait correctly, that waiting is worth it. So there is a way to wait, and I think Anna teaches us this. 
We must wait actively. Wait actively. She never left the temple. Listen to what it says. She never left the temple area, worshiping night and day with her fastings and prayer. At the very time Simeon was praying, she showed up, broke into an anthem of praise to God, and talked about the child to all who were waiting expectantly for the freeing of Jerusalem. So she waits actively. And there's some things I think we can learn about how to wait actively. The first one is this. The first way we wait actively is we show up. Anna showed up faithfully day after day. She just showed up. Um, She makes her greatest contribution at her weakest moment, in her weakest condition. Think about it. uh, She was probably close to 105 years old. Uh, There were things that she could no longer do. But the one thing she learned she could do was she could show up. And so you, you persevere by doing what you can do where you are with what you have. One of the ways that we learn to wait actively is we show up. We remain faithful. Even in a season of prolonged uh, sameness, we continue to show up. Too many of us um, allow what we can't do keep us from doing what we can do. And I think at almost 100 years old that um, Anna figured it out. I may not be able to do everything I could do when I was 20, but I can, I can show up every day. I can remain faithful. And I just want to encourage you, just keep showing up. Just keep doing what God told you to do. Don't quit. Show up, show up, show up. That's how you wait actively. The second thing is, I think it's interesting to me that it says she showed up uh, to fast and to pray. And then when she sees the child, she worships. And so I think the second way we wait actively is we worship. The wait never seemed to affect her praise. I don't know if you remember last week, one of the things I said was that when you're in a season of sudden or drastic or dramatic change in our lives, Mary showed us that one of the steps to navigate that season is we praise. And surprise, during a long season of no change, I think one of the ways we wait actively is we continue to worship. The wait cannot affect our worship. In fact, what I've discovered is um, whether we're swamped by change or we're uh, sick with sameness, God's worthiness never wavers. And so the same prescription for sudden change is the same prescription for no change. We continue to faithfully worship. Anna demonstrates that for us. And then the third thing is this, uh, we watch and expect. Anna expected to see the promise fulfilled. Uh, 84 years of waiting didn't cause her to hang her head, to drop her eyes, to give up, to close her heart so that she could not perceive that when her moment arrived, she, she, she didn't miss it because she, even after 84 years, she was still waiting and watching expectantly to see God fulfill his promise. I want you to think about this. She's a widow. Uh, in that day, that means that because of the customs and laws of the land, she probably dealt with a few things. She dealt with poverty. Um, she dealt with being marginalized. She dealt with loneliness. Um, she probably dealt with some depression. But even through all of that, she never lost hope in the fact that God could come through and that God will fulfill his word. And she provides this powerful example to us of never giving up on God's and his timing and believing that his ways are in fact 
better. She waited faithfully on God. She watched and she expected. She refused to buy the lie that nothing was ever going to change. She refused to accept the fact uh, that the enemy would have tried to convince her that it's always going to be like this. I want you to think about <clears throat> some numbers here, and I'm not the numbers guy, but I, I tried to figure this out. I want you to think about this. In, after 84 years, that's 1,008 months. That's um, 4,380 weeks. That's 30,666 days. That's 75,500 uh, cor correction. That's 735,840 hours where she continued to show up and believe and watch and expect. And I think the reason that she was able to perceive what was about to happen was that she was in the right place. She was in her place. What if she'd taken the day off? What if after all of these uh, 735,000 days or more, she just kind of rolled over that day and said, you know what, I've gone every day to the temple and nothing's changed and I'm going to give up. What if this is the Sunday, I'm just going to decide not to tune in because I don't, I've been tuning in every week and nothing's changed. What if this Sunday or this week I decide I'm not going to sow, I'm not going to be faithful in my giving, I'm not going to be faithful in my serving because I'm just tired of all this and nothing's changing. I think the reason that she was chosen to see Jesus was she was in the right place. What was the right place for her? It was the same place she'd been every day, faithfully showing up, watching and expecting. St. Augustine understood this. He said this. He said, if God seems slow in responding, it is because he is preparing a better gift. He will not deny us. God withholds what you're not ready for. He wants you to have a lively desire for his greatest gifts, all of which is to say, pray always and do not lose heart. I think he knew that we had to continue to watch and expect. Um, I'm, I want to encourage some of you. Some of you have been waiting for things for a long time. I just want to encourage you to hang in there, to keep hope alive. In fact, I want to encourage you today to let hope arise. Don't give up. I know that these prolonged seasons of no change can become tiring, and I know they can be demoralizing. But Anna teaches us out of this account that we can wait actively. We can continue to hold on. In fact, I want you to hear me say this. If God said it, he will do it. Now, he'll do it on his own time frame, and that's where it gets kind of crazy. But if he said it, we can believe that he can do it. Paul encourages us in Romans chapter 8. Verse 24, verse 25. Listen to what he says very carefully. For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see with perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. So how do we wait? We wait with hope, we wait with perseverance, and we wait eagerly. And if you are in a prolonged season of no change, then I want to challenge you today that we need to learn these lessons from Anna and we need to wait actively. We show up. Hold to your promise by holding to your place. Keep showing up. We worship. We hold to our promise by keeping our eyes on the promise keeper. We watch and we expect. 
We hold on to our promise by persevering and hanging in there and perceiving what God is going to do for us. So today, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know how long you've been in your season. Maybe you were uh, like Mary and Joseph. Maybe that's the season you're in right now where everything is changing. I encourage you to go back and listen to last week's message again. But for many of us, our season is this prolonged season of sameness. And we get antsy and anxious. But the Word teaches us to wait actively, to show up, to worship, to watch and expect. And I just, I just encourage you today. I know it, gets, it becomes weary. I know you can become very weary while you're waiting. But the wait is worth it. You're not wasting time if you continue to hold on to what God is going to do. I want to pray for you today. And I'm going to trust God with you that even if the season doesn't change, that you remain encouraged, that you remain filled with hope because we know that God will come through. Let's pray. So, Father, this morning I pray specifically uh, for those that are in a season of no change, it seems like it's a routine. It seems like every day is the same as the day before. Um, everybody seems to around us seems to be confronted with all this massive and uh, dramatic and uh, just over just overwhelming change. And we're sitting here going, nothing's changing. I'm in the same season I was in. I, it's, it's just like Groundhog Day over and over again, and I'm tired of it, and I'm anxious, and I'm worried because I don't see any change. Father, I pray that those that are watching that feel that way, I pray that you'd speak to them clearly this morning, and they would hear in their spirit the word wait, but they would also hear this, the word hope, that in their wait there's hope. And I pray that they would begin to wait actively. They would show up. They wouldn't become weary and well-doing. They would continue to show up and faithfully serve, faithfully pray, faithfully fast, faithfully worship, because we recognize that our weight does not impact your worthiness. And then I pray that we would begin to uh, continue, not, not begin, but to continue to be filled with this expectancy in our heart, knowing that if you said something to us, it doesn't matter if 30 years have passed. It doesn't matter if three years have passed. Time is irrelevant. Your word is true, and we can count on it, and we can bank on it. And so I just pray this morning that people would be reminded of the faithfulness that you have to your own word, and they would watch and expect, and they would navigate this season correctly. And Father, we give you glory for what you're doing. Father, I pray for anyone watching today that uh, may not know your son Jesus. Talk about a, a difficult season to navigate. It is filled with sameness. It's, uh, if we don't know Jesus, then our season is filled with disaster and destruction and death over and over again and meaninglessness, uh, no purpose. And so I just pray today that anyone that may be watching, if they don't know your son Jesus, I pray that in this moment right here, they would accept Christ as their Savior and see their season change. We know we can do that simply by doing this. Father, we declare in Jesus' name that we're sinners. We need a Savior. And so, Jesus, we accept the sacrifice that you made. We believe that you are who you said you were. We confess our sins to you. We ask you to save us, and we commit our life to you from this day forward in Jesus' name. Well, I encourage you today. Thank you for watching. Hope you stay safe and warm. 
Um, if you prayed that prayer on the screen right now, there's a number that you can text the word SAVE to, and we will get materials to, the, to you that will help you on your journey because we want to make sure that you are able to walk this journey out effectively. I encourage you today, all those folks that call Passion Home, don't grow weary in waiting. God will come through, I promise. Hang in there, show up, worship, watch and expect. We're about to enter the greatest season of our life if we'll just hang on and hold on. God bless you. Thanks for being here. you to our Christmas service next week, December the 20th at 10 and 1130. Uh, invite family and friends. You may say, well, we can't do that right now. Yes, you can. We have plenty of room. Our rows are spaced out. Um, we've got a color code for those that want to uh, come and wear a mask. We are going to present uh, once upon a Christmas. It's going to be phenomenal. And we encourage you if you're in the area to join us on that day. You can bring coats and gloves to fill the sled in the lobby and we're gonna get those to people in need. It's just gonna be a great day. I also wanna encourage you next week, uh, December the 20th, after service, stop in the lobby and we're gonna have little bags made up and we want you to take those home. Inside those bags, you're gonna find all the supplies you need to participate in our online only Christmas Eve service. That service will take place at six o'clock and eight o'clock on Christmas Eve. And you can pick up these little bags and they'll have communion supplies and candles. And we want you to gather your uh, family around you on Christmas Eve. And I promise you, you're gonna love it. It is a really special time and it's gonna be great for, it'll be a great opportunity for you to do something on Christmas Eve with your family and friends. You're not gonna to wanna to miss that. So tune in on Facebook Live or YouTube on December the 24th at six o'clock or eight o'clock. And I think you're gonna be, uh, you're really gonna enjoy it and it's gonna be a lot of fun. So we hope to see you then. And then finally, I just wanna encourage you, uh, it's kinda of approaching the end of the year. I don't know where the year's gone, but it's gone so fast. Uh, I would challenge you to consider giving a year-end gift to Passion. If our church has impacted your life at all, I just uh, invite you to, to give. On the screen, you're gonna see a couple different ways uh, listed there. One is you can give online, and second, you can text to give. And it's good ground. We've got some great things that happen, outreaches that go on all year. I won't take the time to share all that with you, but we've got some new things coming in 2021. And it's going to require us to continue to be faithful. Uh, but maybe you just watch online and you don't ever get to come to the building. And that's fine. We still consider you part of Passion. Uh, but those that come to the building, I want you to remain faithful. But I want to challenge those that can only watch online. Uh, I encourage you to plant seed and to use those uh, avenues of giving online or text and sow into passion. I believe it will impact not only your life, but I promise you it's going to impact people who are in need. 
We love you guys. Hope you have a great day. We'll see you soon. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.